security peeps. We are live with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. It is CISO Thursdays. Uh, I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome leaders hire great talent. And we have a full house of wonderful, amazing people, starting with my co-host, Chris Fulon. Happy Thursday, everyone. Love, love this coming together of masterminds like our guest, Olivia Rose, and Mr. James Azar. I'm just blessed to be in their company. I agree. James? Well, yeah. Thank you, Chris. Uh, you have yet to give me such a great intro in like the year or so we've been doing this. So I'm <laughs> humbled uh, beyond uh, any words. Thank you. And then excited for today's episode. Excellent. So we want to introduce Olivia Rose, who is back. Olivia, it's yeah. been what, a year since you've been, I think it was over, no, longer than that. Over that, about a year and a half. Oh, over two, a, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So CISO extraordinaire, Olivia Rose is here. Olivia, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. So happy to be here again. I'm so glad that I was uh, invited back. <laughs> we love you. We love controversy on this show. <laughs> oh my God. Always Have we talked about liberal arts degrees yet? <laughs> Always a good time. Always. I really recommend good. getting women's studies. <laughs> Always a good time on the show. Okay, so folks, before we get started, first and foremost, um, Subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. We are growing on YouTube. Please, please, please subscribe there. And also to any of your um, listening platforms. Chris, you usually jump in and say something about the listening platforms. We are on all the famous podcast platforms as well as YouTube. And follow us all on LinkedIn. That's oh, right. yeah. And, and don't forget, we're going to be moving. And pretty soon, people will be able to transcribe our videos and all of our shows. They can check it out. Right on our website, you guys could go to cyberhubspodcast.com forward slash breaking into cybersecurity and you can put in whatever keyword you want and it'll give you every single podcast and the time periods where we talked about it, which is going to be super cool. That's coming end of February. So three weeks and counting. Looking forward Excellent. to it. Excellent. That is awesome. Awesome sauce. Um, James. Well, first, Dutch Schwartz is saying, hey, friends, hey, Dutch Schwartz, hey, we got to bring you back on, too. Um, everybody else, please chime in. Let us know where you are viewing or listening from around the country. Let us know what the weather is like. It is cold in Northern Virginia. It's, what, 17 degrees? It was like 12 degrees. It's 14 this morning where I live. It's crazy. I did like, not move to Atlanta for cold weather. I just want to point <laughs> that out right now. Um, That's what I said in Virginia. You're in Atlanta, James. Yeah, I, I did not move here for this cold weather. If I wanted cold weather, I would have stayed in Colorado. Um, I, I migrated south for warmth, and I end up getting snowstorms of three inches that, like, paralyze everyone. Uh, yes, same here. And shut down D.C. I just, I just want to point out that when I got my driver's license, my birthday's in November, I was 16 years old, and I did my driving test in the midst of a seven or eight inches of snow on the ground. Like, that was my driving test with a DMV. Because back then, they were like, oh, yeah, you know. So what if it's snowing? Today, my daughter, she get, they get like three inches of snow. It's a snow day. 
Yeah. <laughs> Same in DC. It's like shocks me because I don't remember ever having not having school in New York. Um, specifically for like these little five inch and six inch. It was like, oh, that's easy. It's an easy day. But we can't handle the heat or the snow down here in a in the DC area. So yep. And uh Steve Upshaw is always checking in from San Diego. Hey Steve, and I see you're on YouTube. So really excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so James, please kick us off with um, oh, the LinkedIn feed isn't streaming. Tell you, I had issues with LinkedIn this morning. I couldn't get my practitioner brief. There was a big delay, uh, but but it is streaming because Dutch and Chris are seeing it. So yeah, um, yeah it's on there now. So Yikes. so th th there's a slight delay uh, with LinkedIn. Um, so. Never fun. Never fun. So James, remember rem remembrance. Yeah, today is Holocaust Remembrance Day, which you know as a uh, member of the Jewish persuasion uh, Me with too. family. Me too, thank you. Thank you. And so it's great. The tribes all over the place, but I love it. Um, I've got the Israeli flag behind me today. Sorry, over this shoulder. Um, both of my, my wife, uh, is family are, are all Holocaust survivors. Her grandma was escaped out of Austria at the age of four to South America. Um, today's the day that Russian forces and Western forces, American and British forces, um, got into Bers um, Auschwitz and Birkenau and mm -hmm. freed those camps. And um, just to share a little story. So I went to Auschwitz in January of 2013, I think it was. Um, I was wearing four layers of clothing because it was really, really cold. And I was still freezing my tail off. And then I saw the clothes that the Holocaust survivors and people that were in those camps had to wear. Mm -hmm. And I wondered the kind of strength and survival that they had to have to have a layer of, of clothes that is, my t-shirt is more absorbent than what they've had on. Uh, and to have to sleep on hay bales and um, let us not forget that. And I know we're on the alleged brink of war, but it took Russian and American troops to defeat the evil Nazis. So uh, keep that in mind uh, today and every day. And remember that, you know, it didn't take much to get people to turn on each other. So. Yeah. My, uh, my entire generation, two generations ago, were just wiped out. Yeah. I'm very fortunate. You know, I'm lucky to be alive. Uh, Due to my grandfather escaping, he was the only one in the family um, they could afford to send to England. Yep. Uh, so when you and you feel, and I'm just going to wrap up by saying this, you know, it's it's only what 80 years ago or something. I mean, it's, it's not even. Like, yeah, it's yeah, not even bad, and and people just don't remember it. And it's like, you know, I think when it affects you, you start to see the signs of, yeah, it could happen again, um, and that's scary. So. Yeah, the, the German, um, I was reading something this morning, Olivia, that the German defense, uh, internal defense minister, kind of like their DHS, was saying, we know that Germany today is no longer safe for yarmulke-wearing Jews. Oh, no, uh-uh. We can no longer defend them. No. I would never go, because my last name is Rose, it's short for Rosenbaum, because uh -huh. when my grandfather came to England, they didn't know how to spell Rosenbaum, so they shortened it to Rose. Um I grew up very young with my father telling me, he was a professor of history, uh, saying, whenever you travel, 
If somebody asks you if you're Jewish, you say no. It doesn't matter where you go. Yeah, my um, my granddad on my dad's side, uh, both both my parents' lineage comes from Belgium, and uh, as many might know, Belgium was overtaken, and many of them were in in internment camps. I, I specifically know that my my granddad was this, on my dad's side was in internment camps, and um, yeah. Yeah, it, it affects it affects more people than people know. Yeah. yeah, I think I think World War II, the cost of World War II was over ninety million lives, mm. right? Between soldiers that perished in war, civilians who were murdered, the six million Jews who were executed systematically in the Final Solution. Um, so, um, and, and the aftermath. The, fa the, the famine aftermath, the, the families that were wiped off. Um, yeah. If you ever go to Israel and you go to Yad Vashem, um, yeah. there are entire family lineages that were wiped off, map, just gone. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, um, today's a day we remember. You know, in Israel, um, the Holocaust Remembrance Day is not in January. It's, it's actually closer to May. Um, and, and it's... Um, it's 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 quite the spectacle to be in Israel for it. When you see the entire country stop for two minutes, everything, mm -hmm. everything stops for two mm -hmm. minutes. I grew up in Israel, and I yeah, we we used to just stop for two minutes, and it was such a powerful moment. Yeah, mm -hmm. very powerful. So just remember that that don't let. You know, the Holocaust started by people turning on each other and thinking that your your neighbor's your enemy, and that's that's not the case. We're all one community, and, mm -hmm. and doesn't matter who you vote for, doesn't matter what side of the thing you're on. We're still human, and we have to share this planet, this earth, our communities, our streets, our roads, our restaurants, and our facilities, and schools, and our kids. You know, they still go to the same schools, folks. So, right. get off Twitter, get off Reddit, <laughs> and go live. talk to people. And live, live <laughs> liberal arts degrees. And don't get liberal arts degrees. <laughs> go study a trade. By all means, go study a trade. Do not go get a liberal arts degree. You're better off me. going to become an electrician. You'll earn more money and you'll have fulfillment in your life. You'll have an actual purpose. Yeah, the, the LinkedIn stream is still, is still causing issues, but... Um, yeah, it's crazy. I'm just going to say one thing. It's thanks to women's studies major that I managed to graduate college because <laughs> it was the only one that would let me into their major <laughs> to graduate. But, but I think that's the oh. problem, right? So, so I get that there should be like an entrance exam for being a medical doctor mm -hmm. or a pilot, right? Because those are life-saving types of roles. But if you want to go and study to be an IT person or security or a developer or an engineer, like stop with all of these, like you've got a test in order to, 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 yeah. you know, score us, let people like, not everyone can get good grades in the traditional sense of way. Not everyone learns the same way. There's, yeah. there's a set of like diversity of thought that like has to be accounted for here. And this whole like testing. And if you don't make it, then, your whole life is ruined and your plans are destroyed and you can't go get your major. I think that's just, I don't want to say elitism, 
but I feel like that's just how colleges make more money, right? Go st- come and enroll in this major and pay us more money and get out of debt. I was listening to Tim Pool yes last night or this morning. He was talking about the like the amount of students who leave college with 150 grand in in in, 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 in school debt. And they can't start families. They can't move out on their own because they're in debt. The moment they leave, they're already in the school. They're enslaved to have to pay back their student loans. That yeah. just like, I mean, I didn't go to college. I'm glad I don't have that debt. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'll, I'll go study I... if my employer pays for it. Right. <laughs> Every time I hear a story like that, I just shake my head. And the, 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 the super sad part is that these they can't get a job like the jobs don't align to the student loan debt like there's no correlation like you know you go to med school liberal arts degree you pay 80 grand to be a barista at starbucks yeah yeah why are we picking on liberal arts degrees that is and just he, he, he just does it every day i do it every day i just you do clearly it every have not show. been watching our show <laughs> I just feel like there are some degrees where at this point they should just be outlawed and, and, and high school counselors should do a better job at going to their students and going like, if you don't know what you want to be, go study a trade, like go do anything, be an electrician, a plumber, an engineer, a truck driver, uh, learn how to move stuff within, you know, an airport. I don't know, do something <laughs> until you Olivia. figure out what you want to do in life. Right. And it's never too late. Oh, we, we're not picking on number one. We're not picking on you. Number two, James invited you this time. So he clearly. I didn't. I didn't do the invite. Chris did the invite. Chris did the invite. Hey, hang on. Chris did the invite. Not me. Renee, James has never obviously been on a webcast with me. (laughs) (laughs) This is the thing, James. This is going to be fun. <laughs> so in liberal arts, you learn understood understood that they're in liberal arts. It's it's more about reading and the softer skills, perhaps, and understanding theory. And yeah, those don't translate necessary necessarily into directly into a viable trade, like being a plumber. Absolutely, but once liberal art majors or people who are good and have those skills, I'm not going to just focus on people who get to go to college. Once those people with those skills, being able to theorize, compare, write efficiently, effectively, um, being able to emote and understand audience and targeting, once they figure that out, which, uh, how to apply those skills, they will, ex- they will succeed in any career they go into. For example, security. I'm a very good security practitioner. Why? I am not the most technical person in the world. Everybody knows this. I can't even set up my own Wi-Fi network, and I get confused when I have more than one monitor. It completely throws off my day, and I love email. <laughs> I don't like IMs and Slacks. However, because I'm also old as dirt, but uh, however... The skills I have from my liberal arts art, liberal arts degrees allow me to be a dang good strategizer, communicator, influencer, persuader, writer, and all of the above. 
So put that in your pipe and smoke it. So you are the first person to come on the show and articulate a direct experience from a liberal arts degree in that manner. What a, I was a women's studies degree, so the most what? useless. I, I, I would disagree with that, James. Who articulated because it any I, better I, than Olivia? Alan Alford has been on the show and has articulated it very similarly. And you didn't pick you didn't pick on him, um, but you're you're not picking on Olivia either. You're just picking on the degree. I'm picking on the degree. Yes, I am. Because I think I feel like what, I feel like what Olivia I feel like what Olivia just highlighted, and 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 with all due respect, right? I feel like what Olivia just highlighted is kind of what I like to call kind of like. I have a few cartels I, I, I have like hashtags for, right? I've got the data cartels. That's one hashtag, right? Then I've got the SOC2 cartels. That's another hashtag, right? Anyone ever seen a bad SOC2 report? Nope, never, never. You've seen a bad SOC2? Someone actually you paid haven't? for a bad SOC2? How have you not seen a bad SOC2 report? I have never seen a bad SOC2 report. In like 12 years, I've never seen one. I've always gone like spotless SOC2 reports. Oh, you mean of your own? No, no, I, of like of like vendors, of like people oh, I'm auditing. Like someone, like we're, we're onboarding a vendor and I'd be like, all right, let me see your, they'd be like, here's our SOC 2 report. Look at it, it's spotless. And I'm like, Oh, right. okay. You're saying bad as in a sarcastic manner, meaning it's always clean and spotless. I'm, I thought you were saying you've never seen one badly done. And I'm like, I see badly done ones every day. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, yeah. Same, same thing. Yeah, yeah. To to me, the sock two is useless, right? When someone sends oh, yeah. me a sock yeah. two, I just um, I ignore it. It doesn't yeah, exist. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Um, but and and then my third cartel is kind of like this this liberal arts cartel, and I'll explain. All right, um, because I feel like everything Olivia just said could be taught in the process of learning an actual craft and skill in, in, in the university it should be part of what we learn in high school. You shouldn't even have to go to college to gain those skills. Yeah. It's, it's the, the fact is that you end up having to learn life skills that you should have actually done in high school, but now you're 80, $90,000 in debt um, for learning life skills that really we should, you should have gotten in high school. I think, and I think that's where my two things here, James. I think you're confusing life skills with needing to go to college. Uh, all right. You're, so you're making two. No, no. So I don't think people need to go to college necessarily. Right. I think so that if, that's I, I, I think, I think if, if our high school and middle school programs were more efficiently run, everything that you've just described should be part of a standard high school curriculum. But, but this is the thing. That's your point. Yep. Which I think that is my point. With. But right. the whole liberal arts angle you take on it, is doesn't that doesn't make any sense well because I'm, your point is that people kids should be learning life school uh, life hacks life communication soft right? skills soft skills in grade school middle school high school absolutely right then they don't even need to go to school absolutely right but I think that's your. I, I, feel, I feel like I feel like the, <laughs> I feel like the degree itself. So so let me let me let me speak to the point of the degree because you're you're right, and and I'm glad we agree on some things. But here's where I think this is. I think this is a, um, it's a very expensive thing for most students to go and get a liberal arts degree to learn specific skills. That you're right could make them very very good at other things in life, but by the but. 
how many people actually walk out of that with that degree and end up going and doing something meaningful thereafter and don't fall into that? No, well, but hang on. People in general go to college and walk out and do something meaningful. I think college, I think, I think we're agreeing on the same point. College itself, I don't remember a day of college, not because I didn't party, but because I was a terrible student. I don't remember a day of college. I think what we're saying is the same, but right. your liberal arts degree argument is not really making that much sense to me. Okay. So so I want I want to make the sense in the fact that I think that that degree shouldn't even be offered. I think computer science shouldn't be offered. I mean, I I, see I, I can, I can actually agree with that. I actually agree with that. I don't think computer science. Right. Be what do you need math for? I I don't know. What do you need? Uh, well, well, you do need for? math. People still need math. I mean, if your iPhone battery dies and you've got to calculate a tip by twenty percent, have you seen what happens at a restaurant? Have you ever been in a place where someone's got to add twenty percent in their head now? Yeah, but do they? Do people really need a PhD in math? I mean, seriously. I, How I far can well, you go? I think I think some people <laughs> math. But I think some people need a PhD in math. I think cryptography is a great example of the, the, the advancement of cryptography can only be applied through mathematics and formulas. And right. it takes someone very, very smart. I don't know that you need a college degree per se no. to do that, but a PhD tends to get people to listen to you because those credentials mean something. So when you read a white paper and it, it's so funny, I used to like, you know, right guys ready for my Gartner rant because it's coming. Oh, All right. Because because you see like a, someone's got like writing a report and they've got like a PhD or or something next to it. And people will be like, well, this person's a PhD. He's super smart. And you're like, no, that just no. Let's let's not assume that because someone has a degree makes them smart. You know what? Can I just interject real quick? Whenever I see a master's degree, a PhD degree in uh, anything to do with security, you know what, what my first impression is or what my first thought is? Wow, you just wasted a ton of ton of money. <laughs> I would disagree with that. I would disagree with that. As I have a master's in IT with an emphasis in information assurance, I would disagree with that. In regard She's laughing at your degree. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Olivia, you are officially <laughs> coming back next week in the week after. <laughs> Learn. So how long did it take you to get that degree? It took me a year and a half. Okay, so a year and a half. Yes. What would you have learned being an intern or being at a job in a year and a half? None of none of the things that I learned in my master's like, would have been... Exactly, that's my point. No, that, that, that's what I'm saying. I, all the things that I learned would not have been able to be acquired in a year and a half working somewhere unless it was potentially a government higher up secret program where you're training individuals specifically in this area. Interns today do not learn about the, the, the depth of cryptography, do not learn about the foundations of security. You're sent out to do less tasks because people don't believe in their potential. No, 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 no. Okay, well, that's a whole separate conversation that I think we do want to get into. However, the, no, people learn more in one and a half years on the job than they do working in a sock than they do with getting a master's or PhD. Really? 
So, 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 so the only reason learn more than I did in my master's. I would disagree with you Chris, there. Chris, let me let me stop you for a second. Hang on, let's go back. Why did you do the master's degree to begin with? Yeah. What was the objective? The objective was to have more more in-depth knowledge about the way security is used, applied, and architected within an organization. And so I would tell you, so you were you were in a position. I'm sorry. Book learned knowledge. Yeah. No, no, because I was able to apply everything that I learned within organizations that I've consulted. Right. After, once you got more experience. Sorry to interrupt you, James. No, no. Before. So, so, so I think. Today I think, I'm never being invited back. Chris, <laughs> your, your goal. No, no you're no, coming back. See, last time it was me. <laughs> I, I don't mind, I don't mind people with different views. Just like I, I, I. I James and I have a great time. Like, I don't mind people having different views, but I would disagree with the fact that what you learn in a master's, you could learn in a SOC analyst role because most SOC analysts at level one are tasked with triaging alerts and they don't fully understand the entire environment that you're in and mm-hmm. how security is applied and how to use different behavioral theories Agreed. to allow users to do things more securely. Agreed. However, may I ask a question? Agreed. Agreed with all that. When you graduated with your master's, what job did you get? I advanced into a security role. What was the security role? I was leading a security program consulting for uh, an Azure GovCloud deployment. So right out of getting your master's, I'm, I'm just curious because typically that doesn't happen, right? So I'm just curious. So right out of getting your master's degree, somebody said, a company gave you a leadership role. I was already in a leadership role. Function? I was already in a leadership role. Oh, oh you already had the role. I'm talking I, I, no, I already had a leadership role, just okay. not in security. Okay, so I think then this is a bad example then, I mean, for because typically when you get a master's in security, right, then you go get your first security job. Not necessarily, but yes. Right. So what do those jobs tend to be? Well, that depends on the level of experience. Are you someone that is already experienced in your career and going back for a master's to get additional knowledge or... Are you a student that's just continuing your educational track and going for a master's? So my yeah. comment, and I should have clarified this because you're absolutely right. When I said, when I look at a resume and there's no experience, I should have said this, there's no experience on there. What somebody says is they got their master's and or their PhD in security related field. I think to my, the first thing I think is what that's a waste of money. Yeah. That relates yeah, to that. that, that. I see exactly what you're saying, and I agree with that. If you have the some experience, and then you, you go get your master's, and then you come back into a leadership role, absolutely. But if you're one of these people, and I'm going to say it point blank, if you're one of these people who thinks it's better to just stay in school in security, you are barking up the wrong tree. You need to get out there and get experience, however that experience is. I agree with that. I personally did my bachelor's and my master's while working. I was never a a solely education-focused individual. And that's how I think you could become a balanced, rounded candidate. Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So so 
do you do you disagree, Olivia, with master's degree in general for people who don't have experience? Do you kind of like like does, a, does an that, MBA? Depends what field you're in. So, so if someone let's just say studied something general, let's say uh, government relations, and all of a sudden they get a uh, cybersecurity master's, what are you going to do with that? Is yeah. that even possible? Yeah, 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 it absolutely is. Yeah. Masters, as long as you've got a bachelor's, you can go into any master's program. Yeah. Really. So what do you, but it's what all do you money, do right? For, for universities, again, people like think like universities are like these innocent, like holy institutions wow. where they bestow knowledge upon you. No, they're not. Those are like the biggest cash cows on the planet, man. I think like Harvard's got billions in the bank. Billions what? in the bank. More yeah. than, I yeah. think their but, endowment is something like more than X amount of countries. It's something it, it's, Yeah, yeah. It's also upon the student to take in the knowledge and apply it in their in their roles or in their life well, versus just expecting everything to be absorbed and they'll magically get their role. So they so, have to go out and do effort as well. They can't just absorb the information and expect, oh, I've absorbed the masters and therefore I should be treated like this or I well, should. Yeah, but they are, but they absolutely do. And that's because there's an entitlement that comes with going to a university, right? I've got my master's and the whole time they're like, you're going to leave here and people are going to be chasing you down the street. Recruiters are going to be calling you off the hook. People like Renee are going to be chasing you like, please interview for this role. Please bestow your awesomeness and greatness and all experience. this knowledge that you have into this organization. And then they realize that they're applying for a SOC analyst role with the masters, <laughs> right? They can't get. Because no, they can't I would get. Because I would definitely never recommend someone role. with a master's apply for a SOC analyst role. How many people well, have think... we had on this show, Chris? I understand. had masters or were like going to get more certs and they couldn't even get a SOC analyst role doing a mid-career transition. How many people did we like? Let me take you back a year and a half ago. It's the we same were doing thing a for the CISSP. You have, you have people that are that, that go out and get a CISSP after being in the field for X number of years, and then expect that the CISSP is going to magically get them a role either. I think, well, I think just... but, the, but, but there's more to a CISSP than yeah. there is to a college degree. Yeah. Like you're uh, almost was, better off, like you're almost better off, like finishing, finishing, you know, high school and going and getting a security plus cert and going and becoming a SOC analyst at 19. Yes. Well, that, that, that's a different story. Right. Then, then, then you within, are within the, the masters of, that I did, we covered all the domains within the CISSP and I completed my masters before I did my CISSP. And it was like a review for the CISSP that I did before it. So it's this, I look at it the same way. Unless you so have what you're essentially saying is the university you went to took the CISSP handbook, built a course, made it a master's, said, uh, hey, everyone, come here, take this I, I didn't, no, like, I didn't pay us, that. Pay us five figures. That was just a part even, of the program. Right? That was just a part of the program. I mean, where's my CISSP book? It's somewhere here. <laughs> oh, it's that doorstop. <laughs> 
I typically use it like as as weight on papers. I don't want to fly off, right? Because it's just so nothing will blow away under that thing. Yeah, nothing blows away on that book. <laughs> nothing. My three month old can't move anything when that book's on top of it. I don't know where that. You know what? Oh, oh, there it is. Can I just oh, say? So, so is the Nest Eighty Three Fifty Three. Look at how many trees died for this. <laughs> and why did you buy it? Because I needed to have the book. Like that's that's like I'm, I, am, I, I am like, dude, I've got a library here and I've got a bigger one upstairs because I am a I still order my books. Like I love the smell of paper. He loves it under them, his sure. pillow, Frostnosis. But do you read them? Or, or do you just put it on your head and expect it to come down? I, so here's what I do. I, I open the book and I go to sleep next to it. <laughs> and I've been told that what your brain absorbs more while you're sleeping than when you're awake. <laughs> but can I just say something here? All of this doesn't matter. And I'll tell you why. School, certificates, experience, knowledge. When This is my thing. I meet a lot of young people. Who are new in this field and i know right off the bat and i think all three of you know as well who's going to be successful and i'll tell you why and i want to know if you agree with me i have hired people who have zero experience zero certs zero knowledge because there's something in their eyes that says they're absolutely nuts about security there's a little bit of shine and a gleam there when they start talking and you're like, because my thing is, and I don't mean to offend anybody, every single person who has been in this field for a very long time is a little bit off their rocker. We're all a little, come on now, admit it, admit it, admit it. So when you see young people and they have that little bit of a glimmer and you're like, I know exactly that you're going to be just the us. right person for it. Yeah. I, you, you, you mentioned something and I, I had a debate earlier on LinkedIn with someone and I wanted to bring it up in this forum. You <laughs> mentioned <laughs> you saw a glimmer in their eyes. Yeah. How important is in this time of COVID where everything is remote and virtual, having a face-to-face -face with someone virtually? Oh, no. So no. would you hire would you hire someone without seeing them as part of the interview process? No, I would not because I want to see that sparkle. I don't care if you're purple. I don't care. I don't care what you look like. I don't care. But I want to see that spark. But, but, but body language is important, right? The sparkle Very is body important. language. But there was something I just I just brought on an intern and I love her. And she reached out to me. She saw me on some podcast, uh, some woman's security webcast thing. Oh, Dave, she security uh, or something. And um, somebody wanted me on the panel. And uh, so she reached out to me on LinkedIn and she said, you know, I'm really impressed. I'm, I just graduated from school, uh, you know, da, da, da. can we talk? And I said, sure. Right. Cause you know, that's my sweet spot. And um she has a little bit of that. And I, so I thought of her and she wasn't right for the junior role that I was hiring for, but about two weeks later, I was like, I can get, I, I want her as an intern. I know I want this person, however I can get her. And so I reached out, I said, would you be open to that? It's paid internship, but would you be open to that? And she said, yes. So 
there's something to be said. You've got to go for these people who have this glimmer in their eye. Well, Olivia, I saw oh. your post the other day. And oh my gosh, uh, that thing is crazy. It got like 12,000 likes or something like that. I don't know. I can't see the views, but I saw the likes and I was just like, whoa. It's like 15,000. No, it's like 850,000 views, 450 comments. That was this morning. For, I am the lead. I mean, I am not a social media person. I mean, and I've gone viral, which is nuts. Yes, you did. Because Great. it sparked, I mean, it, it, it goes to show once again, you know, to all of these points. And Olivia, you can talk about the post. Well, actually, before we talk about the post, let me put up some comments here because people are having a blast. Will says, this is totally a quote, I'm grabbing the popcorn episode, guys. Nothing wrong with a little healthy debate. That's why I said we have to have Olivia come back often. She is a barrel of fun. Will says, I still like the idea of rebranding, quote, soft skills as essential skills. Yeah, I think good. it was proposed by one of you guys previously, um, which idea. is true. It's absolutely necessary. Um, David Ruiz at some point said, my first thought is I bet they use password 1234. I think Chris was making a comment. Um, Dutch says knowledge, skills, experience, comp competency, and mastery are different things. And it's possible to do simultaneously or to do in different paths. Yes. He's totally agree with that. thoughtful. Mm -hmm. Dutch says so that a so that's a competency, Olivia. Drive for results and self-learner are competencies. Those are separate but affirmative to knowledge IT skills. Let me hang on. Let me disagree there with Hold Dutch on. for just a second. All right. Because I think that if you have that, you're just off the balance just a little bit, as Olivia was so so eloquently pointed out. We're a little bit crazy. We're a little bit not normal per se. There's such a thing as normal, right? And and so that drive, that lack of of that that you gain that because you're you're you have that passion for it you've got that drive that desire to be curious right I mean, the eternal curiosity yeah i mean we get complacent man i can't tell you like i, I just posted yesterday my three-month-old kid is like really reignited my curiosity oh, wow. it's like obsessed with like ceiling fans right like he sees a ceiling fan and he's like holy shit oh. look at that thing spin what are those are those wings that how does that all post. work is it mm -hmm. going to fall down on me? What's it going to wow. do? A very intelligent three-month-old to be thinking this Right? Way. And he's like staring at it. He's trying to touch it. If I hold him up, he'll like reach for it to grab it. Right? And I'm like, okay. All right, curious kid. And, and I'll put other things in front of him. And he's very curious. And everything goes in his mouth at this point. Right? He's figured out motor skills. Grab, hold, bring. Um, which is a problem. Um Right, because everything ends up in his mouth at some point, and it's just like, no, no, some stuff should not go there. But his curiosity really kind of reignited my own curiosity because we get complacent. You get into the CISO role, you get into the leadership role, and your curiosity goes away because you're dealing with everything else that's around you. You're so surrounded by everything. Um, you're so inundated. You know, I think more most CISOs play politics than they do security. Right, you're trying to navigate the the you know the, the the complexities of an organization um that you're not really get you don't get to play master laboratory you don't really you know you're 
a day in the sock for you is not even a day in the sock. It's like, all right, what are we dealing with? What's, you know, mm-hmm. efficiency, what's progress, you know, how are our systems working? And then you're out of there. And so, um, so it reignited my curiosity. It really has because my kids have been like one of those things that's been like, yeah, you know, I need to be more curious. I need to spend more time being more curious than just wearing, you know, and being, being, you know, the role, the, the title, the, the job that comes with it. I have two questions for Olivia. The young lady who um, is the intern, what kind of, what undergraduate degree does she have? Or does she have a master's? She's going to undergraduate. And honestly, I couldn't tell you what it was. Don't care. (laughs) I have no idea, to be honest. Okay. I'm just curious. And then uh, secondly, your, the post obviously resonated with so many different people. Um, You've hired folks without, (laughs) right. Without all of the 99 requests that people put on job descriptions and all this craziness. What would you say to your peers? Like, you know, why do you think that this is still happening, you know, so many years later? I mean, Chris and I started this podcast because this is what we were up against. So it just, it, it, it always boggles my mind, like why people haven't figured out to start doing this. I mean, what do you think? Well, I'm going to tell you point blank what it is, because I know what it is. We don't have a talent gap. We have a lazy set of um, uh, experienced security professionals and leaders. I'll tell you exactly what it is. People don't want to train. So we have uncountable numbers. I mean, it's disgraceful numbers of young people who are graduating or not even going to school who are just trying to get their foot in the door and they will take anything to get into security they are driven they are dedicated but you know for some reason everybody wants somebody with one year two year three year experience and you know what you ain't gonna get it because there's nobody out there with that level of experience because people are too lazy to bring people in as interns well, it's it's ROI, Olivia. I think I think what you're talking about is is um, is is the ROI of bringing young people in. Um, and I've been in different companies, right? Like you have, yeah. And so you know, we have some organizations that are all about you know bringing young, uh, curious talent in, and kind of you know helping them grow within the company, um, and really you know make sure they fit the culture, and we'll teach them the skills. But let's yeah. get them first fitting the culture. Right. But then you've got others who are more um, who are more like, yeah, we're, we don't have time to waste. Right. And I think this is the difference that I think is a challenge for many CISOs. And I kind of want to point this out specifically to the difference between hiring people and outsourcing. Right. If you don't have the time to groom and you're in an organization that says um, we need this done tomorrow and you need the experience outsource. Go to one of the big firms, go to an MSSP, say, this is the work I need, scope it out, have them bring the people, get it done. For everything else, try to find, you know, that young, hungry talent that you can work with and grow in and, and, you know, build with and build a security program with and watch them grow in the ranks. Because you know what's a a mark of a good CISO? And if you ever ever want to see that, like, there's nothing better. Watch a CISO leave an organization, then watch the amount of leaders that follow that person to where he's mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I agree with that. Like, I agree. 
I know I know some organizations where they'll reach out and you know you're they're, they're trying to replace a CISO and a recruiter will call me and be like, hey, we want to you know they want to interview you for this role and you know I'll know the CISO who left there and I know the attrition that's about to follow. And you're like, yeah, I'm not up to jumping into the, that pool's going to be toxic for about, you know, two to three quarters. That's just not the right role for me at this point. Because that CISO that was there previously that left, you know, he's going to be, people are just going to quit and leave. He or she. He or she, or, or they, or them, or, you They're know. They're going to quit and leave them. Leave with them. Yeah. They're going to follow them around because this industry is all about trust. Yep. And it's all about knowing how to work together. Yeah. And if, if you're a CISO and you see your career path as being a leader, even if you're a VP, even if you're a, uh, a director of security operations in an organization, let's say you're, you're second line CISO reporting, you don't even report directly to the CISO. But if you see yourself as being a future leader, building that trust within your team and developing those people and bringing them in without experience and investing in training them is going to be Really, really rewarding. Yeah. And smart CISOs will empower yeah. their directors and managers to do just that, meaning yeah. that'll be part of their KPIs. It'll be part of their annual review. It'll be part of their compensation. How many people did you bring in, train, and how many of them are with the company six months, 12 months, oh. 18 months, 24 months, 36 months? How many of them are moving with you as you move along, meaning you're getting promoted, you're promoting the people you're bringing with you, and now you've got really a hierarchy Mm -hmm. uh, of sorts. And so I, I also want to address, you're absolutely right. And I also want to address, I think it was yours comment, your comment, James, about people not having enough time to train or whatever. You know, honestly, my calendar looks like somebody threw up on it every morning. I can't even, I, I literally spend so much time just double booking, undouble un booking doubles and triples. I mean, I still have 30 minutes a day. That I, that I have to help somebody, to train somebody, to talk with somebody. I still, I still have 30 minutes a day. I don't buy this too busy. I don't buy it. That means you're in your head. You think you're overly important. You're not. Well, so what, what I, I mean by, so let's define training and, and, and actually building a relationship with someone. What you're talking about is what I like to call the kind of like the one minute manager or the five minute manager, Right. The, the concept of you're able to really develop relationships in very little time. You don't have to do the three hour kind of like introspective, you know, let's talk about every single bad and good thing that's happened in our lives. And, 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 and like you can do stuff in 15 minutes. That's why like my calendar, my calendar, people always laugh because I've got like an espresso meeting and a double espresso meeting. I'm making a single espresso. It takes me about 15 minutes to make it and drink it. That's how long our meeting should last. Right. And I can train someone in 15 minutes. Yes. I'm not supposed to give them the answers. Yes. I'm only supposed to point them in the directions for them to go find the answers. Because as Olivia pointed out, if they've got that sparkle, if they've got that passion, if they've got that curiosity, then all they want from me is not the answer. They want to know how they can go and find it. And that, that's the difference between like a, a coach leader and a teacher leader. A teacher leader wants to spend the time to share all the information and tell them how to do it. A coach leader will expect them to come with the problem and come with solutions and you help guide them. Or like if they're going really off course, maybe you'll, you, you'll correct them a little bit. But other than that, they're the ones running with the solution because they have ownership in it and they're going to deliver on that. Mm -hmm. 
comments, yeah. comments. David Ruiz says, I'm hungry for continued growth as a security professional reaching for the clouds. That's one of the reasons I love CISO Thursdays. Lots of great points of views and information. That's why we love it too. Dutch says, James, you might get value from the Curious Advantage podcast. I don't have time for any more podcasts. <laughs> he doesn't do have three, time. I do three of my own, right? <laughs> like I've got like how many more? Like, and I listen to maybe like two a week, right? Like that I enjoy listening to. And, you know, Joe Rogan podcast is like a three hour podcast, man. That's like seven other podcasts. <laughs> Exactly. Maybe if you're listening on 2X, you could shave an hour and a half off. I, I do. I try to listen on 2X, but like the one with Jordan Peterson that went like four hours now, like there's no way I could listen to 2X. Like it's like I love to like every word that Jordan Peterson says, I like to analyze and just listen to his answers. Like Jordan like Peterson. Romance. Jordan Peterson's a fascinating uh, uh, thinker and speaker. The guy speaks with purpose. Um, and so very few people are able to speak with purpose on topics, and he does. So Will says, in my opinion, there's not really such a thing as laziness. It's about motivation or lack thereof. If you CBA to get off the sofa, you probably will if I set the sofa alight. You're so, so much nicer than I am, Will. Like, <laughs> so, so fancy. But I think, um, Olivia, no, James made a comment that was what I, I was actually going to say something very similar to, to Will with when a person, Olivia, when they say, I don't have the time, I don't have the time. Well, if it's in the performance review or if it's tied to a bonus, you know, all of a sudden the oh. time appears. Yeah. <laughs> it all appears. So then... Um, uh, Dutch says, James, Olivia, you said you have time. Olivia just said you have time. <laughs> I do have time. have time. But let me tell you something. You can't listen to a podcast and coach someone simultaneously. That, I'd that like is, to be able to do that, but you can't. That That is correct. But, um, for example, there is, I don't have time. And then there's, I have time to prioritize different things in my life. Like watching yeah. my baby look at the ceiling fan yeah. and enjoying time with them. Yeah. There's, I don't want to prioritize this at this point in my life, but maybe in a couple of years, I'll prioritize this. And then you choose at what time in your life you want to prioritize learning. Some people prioritize learning as a small part in a daily investment. Others will say, no, at this point in my life, I want to enjoy what I have. Then they get bored and then they go, okay, well, I want to learn more. And they'll go out and do a project or go do something else. I think th there's so much that we get asked and pulled into as CISOs and as cybersecurity professionals. I can't tell you how many emails I get. And while we're here in an hour, right, my LinkedIn is like people listening to this or, or on YouTube going like, hey, I just heard you say this. You know, we should really talk about this awesome solution we're doing right now. Um, and it's great. <laughs> Um, there's really, you don't even need people to manage it. It manages itself. It's so smart. It just needs a computer and electricity. Right? Awesome. That means I can go do something else. Yes. <laughs> like, let this thing coach the people. Oh my God. That's great. <laughs> no, but, but seriously, like we, we get, we get inundated with so much stuff mm -hmm. that it's really David Nolan. And I think Olivia, you know, David, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Parents, yeah. Yeah, so, so David and I, we, we always compare notes of our spam filters on our corporate email, right? Like how strict is it 
what are the keywords we're updating that gets you banned for a year, that gets your domain blacklisted? Webinar. Right? Webinar, <laughs> that's interesting. Webinar. Um, mine is zero trust. <laughs> Zero <laughs> test is another good one. Yeah, zero test. Well, Olivia, if you had you might not be on the I'm sorry, Chris, what were you saying? Yeah. <laughs> I could go on all day. Sorry, go on, Chris. We're, we're very close to a webinar. So I, I, I wouldn't ban that word, but I see your point. Yeah, you see my point. Because yeah. it's a sale, you know, it's all sales, sales emails. Yeah. Um, this has been so much fun. Oh my gosh. I, this I is like, the hour has gone by. I, it's literally, I'm, I'm just sitting here watching. I'm like, I don't even have to say anything this time. Like, I just, <laughs> and you didn't even let me go on my diatribe about that post. <laughs> really? well, well, talk you about it. Let's go. Let's hear it. You need to come back. Wait, wrap, it, wrap it up. We have a, we have a couple minutes. Have a couple Let's minutes. wrap up the, 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 the diatribe about your post. Okay. So I'll be very honest. I had a couple glasses of wine. Uh, whatever. So every good story starts. <laughs> I'm a CISO equals alcohol, right? Uh, so I I saw somebody's post. It was somebody I knew, and they were looking for a security analyst. I'm going to say this very quickly: a security analyst with uh, with two to three years experience. And I was just like, I am done. I am tired. So if you look at the post, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm tired. And I'm like, if I don't, if I'm this way. I don't know how you security newbies feel. And I go off about how not everybody has opportunity to get schooling and, and, and internships and networking and all this stuff. And I'm like, let's just do better. And I just thought it was an innocent post because I post stuff all the time. You know, I try to rile feathers and just say the truth. I speak out for people who can't speak out. That's my thing. So I rile feathers all the time. That night I had like, I think 1,500 likes. I mean, it was insane. I mean, it just keeps growing every day. And I'm not one of those people who likes that kind of attention. So it's actually disconcerting for me. And I've gotten all these connection requests and like, I can't even count how many emails. And to me, that's very like um, invasive to me. <laughs> I haven't even looked at them really, but to me, it's too much. But it's, it's my point here is that it obviously touched a nerve because it's true. It's true. It's and ridiculous. I said, oh, the other thing I said was two to three years is an engineer. It's not an analyst. This is why people can't get entry-level jobs because of people like you who post jobs, job descriptions like this. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Hey, have, you, have, you I, seen, have you seen the, um, the uh, CISO roles where they want 25 years experience to be a CISO? masters. <laughs> and a PhD and a doctorate and a White House job and a stint in Congress, and then we'll hire you to be our CISO. Even, even requiring like 15 years of cybersecurity experience when 15 years ago there was barely a cybersecurity field, like really? how do you expect to find anyone? I've been in security for like 21, 22 well, years. There, there, there's a difference between- years, I think. There, there's a difference between like having the experience and doing it in a sysadmin role and a developer role, but it wasn't formally described as as a field that long ago. When was the first CISO role? The CISO role I think is new, but the security has been, information security has been around before I even got into it. And yeah, it was information assurance and it was mostly focused on the 
physical aspects of information rather than the digital aspects of information. I don't know. In 2005, I mean, HIPAA came out. PCI was around that time, too. The CI, I got the CISSP in 2005. So that's 17 years ago. Okay. Sorry, I feel old now. You think you feel old. Well, folks, this has been a blast. Before we leave, I have to talk about tomorrow. Um, this was so much fun. Like I enjoy just sitting here and watching and listening and uh, not having to say much at all. <laughs> uh, but tomorrow we are, I am hosting a fundraiser starting at 9 a.m. And it's new year, new career. Everyone um, come and watch it. It's starting at 9 a.m. Eastern. It's going to go on all day. We have tons of great topics, including your usual standard, um, you know, resume, careers, communicating like an executive, job hunting like a hacker with Jason Blanchard, which is awesome. Um, we have Rod Eddings coming with his, he has something cool to talk about networking on LinkedIn. I mean, just tons and tons and tons of great stuff. So please, please, please check out um, my feed tomorrow. It's going to be, I think, believe it's going to be half on LinkedIn and YouTube. And then the rest of it will be on YouTube because we can only stream on LinkedIn for a few hours. Um, but it's starting at 9 a.m. Eastern. It's all day. Oh, and Chris Roberts is going to be there, too. It's going to be fun. And these two oh, characters are going to be there. If you get me and Chris on the same feed, it's hijacked. It's done. <laughs> It'll be like this, which is It'll, fantastic. It, it, then I can it, go to the bathroom <laughs> Whenever Chris and I get on a call, we'll schedule 30 minutes and then we end up canceling seven other calls thereafter. We're just... well, what about this? What about that? What about this? So that'll be good. Uh, Will says, great show, guys. Thanks, as always. Um, and uh, David says, great show. And thank you. See you next week. See you tomorrow, David. Tomorrow. tomorrow. And then again next week. So thank you so much, Olivia. Please come back. Please, please, please. Come I'll back. always come back. It You're always you. welcome. <laughs> You're always welcome. We love this. We we love, love, love all of this fun. Um, thanks everybody for being here. See you next week at another CISO Thursdays, but see you tomorrow on my feed for the fun rose. New year, new career, get a new job. Like Olivia said, you don't need degrees. Uh, well, multiple, all that other good stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>